0: Welcome to this week's Hotel Analyst podcast, your weekly roundup of all that's important and interesting from in and around the hotel investment space, brought to you by, on my left, Andrew Sankster, the Editorial Director of Hotel Analyst, and me, Chris Bound, the Editor at Hotel Analyst. As ever, what we're talking about is a short auditory summary of what we've looked at in a bit more depth for our prospective subscribers and so if you'd like to know more then please don't go to hotelanalyst.co.uk and take a closer look. So the first thing we're going to talk about this week is uh, the business of distress in uh, the accommodation sector. Um, all of the uh, private equity investors have been uh, been hoping like, like mad that at some point distress will start to show and Good investment opportunities will flow from that. We've seen very very little to date we've seen a lot of the pandemic, Uh, we've seen lenders, uh, landlords and tenants coming to some kind of accommodation to cope with the the situation they find themselves in and by and large those sort of uh, issues have been worked out and the pain has been to some extent shared. But in the last couple of weeks we've seen some cracks starting to appear Interestingly, they're not uh, they're they're sub niches in the accommodation space, not mainstream hotel business. But we have two situations where restructurings are looking to be happening. Uh, The first of those is with the long-established co-living brand, the Collective, uh, whose UK operations have been put into administration, and the uh, the other company whose possibly going to be going through some sort of a restructuring is uh, the hostel operator Safestay. UK listed uh, business but uh, they announced to the stock market that they have had a tentative early stages takeover uh, approach and that has pushed them into the point where they now need to undertake a strategic review and potentially put themselves officially up for sale. So um, Interesting times, Andrew. And finally, a few uh, bits and pieces for the restructuring experts to pick over.
1: Yes, and happy Tourism Day for yesterday, Chris. Oh, Um, thank you. Yes, I'm recording it. This on Tuesday, um, September 28th, and Monday, the 27th of September, was World Tourism Day. um, Mm. As it is every 27th of September, which...
0: Oh, right. Well, long long... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Long may <it> re-
1: return <laughs> <laughs> let's hope we have a busier one next year <laughs> <laughs> yeah indeed indeed um distress um yeah well, it's slightly surprising isn't it because I mean you look at the collective you think well if you're in an ideal Segment, you shouldn't really be um, feeling any sort of distress. But it, yeah. it, I think it's a it, it's a warning that uh, even if you do pick the right segment, um, you've got to get your execution right. So your macro strategy can be spot on but if you don't get the micro execution piece right um you will still come unstuck and i think there's a um there's a unfortunate learning there that's come through i mean i suspect the those assets will trade pretty quickly and be very attractive um so i don't think and equally i mean well uh not really the same story at safe stay but it's uh uh it, because you know a sect. this is a sector which has clearly suffered during the pandemic i mean hostels are by their very nature um not ideal for if you're trying to socially distance yeah. um so they're gonna have had a very bad time indeed um so it's not surprising that they've got some sort of uh, cash flowy type issues but uh, it, it seems to me that they I mean once they sold the Edinburgh um, asset which was a freehold asset and it has to be a great crown jewel to, to have got rid of that um, it's its not that surprising to see them now get to the point well actually well, you know we're in enough problems that we we need to actually have a, a wider event to um, crystallise what value there is for a uh, share holders so but again i suspect there's enough people out there with deep enough pockets and interested enough in the hostile segment um that they will trade pretty well um it's a smart move i think to do a relatively public uh, process with that so uh, so uh, overall it's sort of both these things are slightly counterintuitive in terms of the narrative we've been putting Mm -hmm. forward about how these segments are you know very much the growth areas Um, but I think it just shows just th- 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 it, 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 not everything goes according to the the, the prevailing narrative i think and uh, i think this is uh, uh, a sign that we're going to come back to it now i suspect um there's going to be some much more interesting or well, more dramatic i should say rather than interesting more dramatic uh uh insolvencies and administrations etc as we start getting into next year now i think there's a couple of reasons for that one is that I think banks are going to look at it and say, well, look, this is as good as it's going to get in terms of the recovery by some point next year. We need to, you know, now's the time as good as any to trade these assets, which, you know, the existing borrowers have n- are not going to ever be in a position to uh, fully uh, restore the, the balance sheet, the capital stack. So let's force a, 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 an event here. Um, and I think um, we'll see a bit of that. But I also suspect if we do see, as we do this, all this inflation talk at the moment, if we do start seeing some interest rate rises, it, no matter how small, I think that will be a catalyst for a bit of action as well. So uh, the, the the forecasts that are out there for sort of a Q1, Q2 of action, I think are going to prove spot on
0: now last week we were speaking about uh, the luxury hotel sector and the fact that that had been largely immune to the uh, pandemic and uh, this week we've ta- we've taken a bit of a look at sort of an allied sector the branded
1: residence market oh, I think uh, we were more nuanced than largely immune I think Chris oh, are we we said okay? that uh, we know we said that uh, <laughs> <laughs> we, we said that uh, um, the luxury segment it depends on where you were oh, so okay. if you're in resorts you're hunky-dory I think luxury hotels in gateway cities are anything but Uh, um, immune but anyway carry on. Okay
0: well then we're going to take a look uh, we've been taking a look this week at uh, the branded residence market. Now of course branded residences are in some respects quite allied to luxury hotel developments. Um, Often they feature one alongside the other but far from always. Um, And uh, I'll be speaking to Chris Graham Graham Associates who produces regularly a big report on what's going on in the branded residence space. Uh, He tells us there are more and more brands uh, jumping on the ba- on the brand wagon, and um, he sees um, he sees the hotel brands from the kind of sub luxury level now getting involved. So there's there's more and more brands taking uh, part in this uh, residence space. Uh, there's also some some musicians who are trying with their personal brands, and uh, we did have a brief conversation here and I about uh, the fact that in Dubai, I don't know if they're actually built yet but they're, they're, there's an idea that you actually have a a, um, a branded residence which allies to your car brand and you, 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 you dro- can drive your Ferrari into your branded Ferrari tower and take it up in a lift and parking in a glass garage beside your drawing room uh, marvelous idea
1: um but uh, i digress uh, here's, a, here's what's the musicians one what's the musicians well, one, Chris? well
0: farrell one? williams apparently oh. is uh, amongst them oh, really uh, yeah looking to looking to trade on his brand by um by putting or his name against, lots of
1: minions the- running around singing. <laughs> maybe yeah, maybe I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> uh,
0: but yeah, so the space is getting busier. Um, these these apartments with a brand on tend to sell for better prices and tend to sell out more quickly. And if you're wanting to build a hotel and can put some brand residences into the same development, then you've obviously got a big cash flow advantage when it comes to uh, getting the funding to finance your hotel development. Um, so. All going well, although the warning is, you know, as things get busier, more people pile into what looks to be a, uh, uh, shall we say, a happy space. (laughs) Um, Then uh, you've uh, you've obviously got to be a bit more nuanced in working out the the locations where things are going to work and the locations where they won't. And for the hotel brand, they need to be very careful about putting the name above a door uh, of a block of apartments. because they you need to be sure that over the kind of medium term these are going to work for them in terms of uh, sticking with the brand they're going to get some decent fees from looking after the uh, the the people who buy buy or use these apartments um, over the over the medium term so so far so good Uh, resales are apparently uh, okay so you if you're an individual buying one of these you can um, sell out of it uh, much more easily than you could from say perhaps a timeshare Um, and so far that's all kind of uh, positive Uh, there was some talk we had about whether the brands could move a little further into other parts of the kind of accommodation landscape why why not have uh, a sort of a hotel brand for seniors um, senior branded residences uh, rather than calling them retirement homes call them kind of as uh, branded residences for seniors that could be a great big market if uh, a brand can work its way into that
1: it's almost as if you've got the hotelization of real estate going on here Chris. almost isn't it? um yeah almost um I, I some of the fun things I, I, I looking through that report was um the the list of top brands in terms of the number of different uh, projects on the go. So in at number 1 was uh Ritz Carlton and um, Marriott have been stalwarts in this area so that wasn't so much of a surprise. Um so uh then then in at number 2 was Four Seasons. Then number 3 which is quite interesting I think is you the Philippe Stark thing. And number 4 it was the uh, former leader of the free world, um, Trump, um, <laughs> which is quite an interesting one. Um, but uh, yeah, the, the question mark I've got with this is how big it is and how meaningful it's going to be as a contribution. I think there's undoubtedly the the, the margin is fantastic here. Um, the report said the licence fee alone is three and a half and six percent on a project well if you're if you a few hundred million dollars worth of project um to get sort of five six percent of that is a, is a big chunk of change and on top of that there's a management fee as well if the if the hotel is is so inclined to take that on um the hotel brand is so inclined to take that on so i think you know you can see that the money there whether it's of us, how big that you know in terms of scale this is going to be i don't know um i'm slightly more hesitant about that because um, I think as you get more of them, um, the uniqueness and the specialness somewhat drops away, and that uh, will I think hit the uh, the margins and the the, the willingness of uh, you know w- what level of premium people are prepared to pay and i think uh in the report it does sort of warn that that if you're in uh developed markets the anticipation is that over the next few years the premiums um for the brands will disappear uh, not disappear completely but diminish mm-hmm. i think is the right phrase um so i think we're going to see a bit of that but if if that still allows the uh, you know the margins to be healthy enough and also um to get some decent scale in there then i think it's very interesting um i mean in europe probably the, the leading brand Zachor. um I mean, it's got its Fairmont and Banyan Tree out there in various developments, but it's got this uh, great big sort of whole city block thing with Faina, if that's how you pronounce it, the Argentinian um, thing it bought. Um, which is a very interesting project um, potential. I think as that that evolves, it would, be, it would be fascinating to see how that does. And I think that talks very much to what Accor's been um, chattering about in terms of the the need to connect with communities. And I, I do think that is something Accor's going to double down on um, going forward. Um, so th- this this ties in very neatly, I think, and in, in, you know, to the whole narrative we've been suggesting, which is one where the 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 barriers between the different verticals really are falling away and there's sort of this 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 blending going on um and i think there's 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 good opportunity here
0: cop 26 the big gathering of uh, global leaders uh, looming large in everyone's minds happening in november in glasgow in scotland um we have uh, a a plethora of of uh, initiatives and companies taking steps and organizations taking steps to uh, move towards carbon neutrality or carbon zero as, the, as a, an organization uh, as, or as a business. Um, so the, the question really is how can you do this? What is it? Um, all the big uh, companies are increasingly looking to sign up to an, one initiative or another and make some kind of a timeline, or at least a deadline for getting to uh, carbon zero. The UNWTO has put together a declaration and is asking people to sign up to that. Uh, Accor signed up to something else. Marriott's just announced it's going to go net zero on carbon by no later than 2050. Um, But all of these things do uh, require a bit more drilling down into the detail and one of the big issues is uh, how you measure this stuff. Uh, and only if you benchmark and measure can you work out how you're going to improve and actually work out what zero means for your business and how you get there. And of course the uh, other issue is that consumers are getting more and more interested in this green stuff and in dealing with businesses that are seen to be going ever more green. Um, Google has just uh, recognized this, the fact that it sees more and more searches for green hotels or eco hotels uh, by actually putting a kind of eco certified tag on its hotel listings uh, that consumers will see shortly. Uh, It's a big, big area. There's lots to do. Uh, There's lots to work out and uh, everyone needs to be probably doing a little bit, um, but actually setting out along the road um, some benchmarks and some some key milestones are things that need to be put in place.
1: Yeah I think you're absolutely right Chris meaningful metrics is what is needed here um, and there is it remains uh, an issue now it's being it, there's lots of Uh, initiatives underway to try and sort this out but we're still, uh, I would suggest, quite away from being um, in a position which you'd compare with uh, more traditional financial metrics which are uh, much clearer and better understood. Um, uh, It's going to take a little while to Mm. get going. the other thing I looked at, that sort of go-to place for this, because uh, I mean, climate science is is uh, a mind-boggling um, area of research, and uh, certainly I'm not equipped to, to tackle it. Um, I'm, I'm pretty numerate. I've got maths, and physics A levels, mm-hmm. and uh, quantitative first degree but uh, um you know it, it completely um, uh, beats me i i i make the effort i mean the um, the intergovernmental panel on climate change which is the un body which tries to bring together all of the uh, scientists out there and get them to agree on a way forward or at least a consensus on what's going on they just put out a pa- um a paper uh, this summer um called climate change 2021 the physical science basis now i felt oh i you know i need to get my head around that and i downloaded the pdf and um, it's 3949 pages <laughs> so uh, i i have to report do you like to read phone directories yes yes i've i've stuck to the press release on it um But uh, the press release has, you know, some interesting bits and bobs in it as well in terms of, you know, this is uh, a thing. climate change and how serious it is and this is I I think it's important to stress that there's 195 countries backing this 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 these conclusions these scientists are um um, reaching so it has to go through the whole range of you know the the big polluters the big miners and all of those sort of countries have to agree it as well as the the more greeny ones as well and actually for what it's worth the UK is one of the more Mm -hmm. greeny ones um Um, so this is a this is a proper grown up consensus reaching thing here but what they're saying is look this is serious We're we are definitely seeing significant warming um, that we've already had over one degree of warming um, um, over the last so between 1850 to 1900 and they're saying the next 20 years is going to see at least a degree and a half more of warming and that's uh Uh, centigrade not uh, fahrenheit so this is significant and of course there's the fears if it goes up much more than that we're going to see very radical uh, events occur Um, but at the same measure i think it's it's one of these issues where uh, dare I mention the B-word, which we've managed to avoid for ages on this podcast, Brexit. Um, but you, you try and take a sort of moderate position, and you get shot at from both sides on it. Um, and I think climate change is one of those increasingly as well, where you know some people say you're just not green enough, and others say you're you're a, you're a loony, and you know climate change is all is all is all made up. So trying to draw a sensible route through it i think is critical and i think the ipcc is a good basis for that now my big fear for our sector is that we are going to get a kicking as we go forward on this now um governments you know they've shown how much they love um uh, agriculture and manufacturing now agriculture is post jobs growth there are no new jobs coming in agriculture in most developed nations most advanced economies there's are sort of one or percent f- or less of of the overall employment base manufacturing is heading to x growth I think in or is x growth in, in most um, uh, advanced economies in terms of employment um, We're the future employers here, but we are the ones who really don't have an ear of government and are going to get kicked. Um, And I just, you know, just as a sort of, I was just thinking about this and saying, well, you look at how we've been beaten up over the whole COVID, thing um if you look at why is it that when you travel um as you can tell because i've been overseas a couple, <laughs> a couple of flights down again really niggled i just posted this morning my day two test um <laughs> medical theater but, um, again I, I get really n- yeah yeah it is uh and and i'm really niggled by by this and you know how is it when we've got all of these tests i've got a cupboard full Mm. of the darn tests because of my kids um i can't use any of those i've got to go and pay 100 quid plus to 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 get the test done for traveling and you think well actually who decided that somehow travel was something where you were punished through these extra charges yet for pretty much every other activity it's jim dandy just go and get a test for free I, i i don't see how that suddenly and nobody seems to have moaned about that sufficiently and i think we're only going to get more and more of this this backlash heading our way in travel and tourism you know i think initially it's going to be a lot on the airlines a lot on travel but i also i think in terms of the the buildings impact um because uh, you know stuff like swimming pools um are are, are notoriously bad in terms of their efficiency um, but also stuff like you know changing sheets and all of this stuff it all our sector is not going to look great on under any of these things and it's going to be a real struggle i think not to get um, a, a, a thorough kicking over it um, and i think what we've got to do is really raise our game um, in terms of lobbying and actually you know, get out there ahead of this and sort of say, look, uh, we acknowledge we've got issues. This is how we're dealing with it. We don't really need extra punishments from governments. To, we need assistance rather than extra problems mm. being thrown mm. our way.
0: Well, and on that uh, happy note, we'll move along to our five-star and no-star awards for this week. Um, And we're to the developers of a new uh, Nordic Choice hotel at Helsinki Airport. It's going to have more than 700 rooms and the builders are about to start on site uh, in the next month or so. So a great vote of confidence for um, the return of flying, for hotels, for travel uh, and confidence in uh, the, the Scandinavian hotel market for the future.
1: absolutely couldn't agree more um and uh, you know this notion that we're all going to stop flying this you know don't tell greta thunberg but um i think she's you know we can't all afford a carbon fiber yacht across the atlantic
0: (laughs) that's right and then let's move on to no stars um this week to be handed out for the the great big british fuel shortage
1: (laughs) oh dear yes um well yes how quickly the wheels can come if off, only they'll turn uh, and it, it, <laughs> oh <laughs> oh dear yes well surely yours absolutely are question, you're yeah, an no, car, i'm not smug at all you, no, no no so, no yes um, no no we're, we're hybrid and we we worked out how to go into wow. pure eco drive for the hybrid such so as so that we don't run down the petrol tank um as we trundle around cambridge um but um which something we should have I been doing so. before i guess so it's uh, so there's one benefit to this at least but it uh, it reminds me it reminds me of my chemistry lessons at school um the chemistry master we were cooking up i can't remember it's hydrogen or something we were making in the test tube and and the chemistry master says whatever you do don't drop you know those 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 yeah. little lighty stick things you have to you wave over the, the the top of the test tube and he says don't drop them down into the <laughs> test tube so of course what happens we all throw them into the test and bang 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 and it's you could just hear the bangs across the glass as the the lighted piece of wood goes to the bottom of the test tube and it blows up the gas and it blows out the bottom <laughs> of the test tube it was yeah and I, I we've got exactly the same yes, thing there's here no need the, to panic the buy where the, the government yep. don't panic <laughs> and of course everybody tears off and creates absolute havoc but uh yeah it's uh, not a good sign it's not a very really healthy sign in terms of getting the 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 show back on the road in the recovery and i fear we're going to have a lot more bumps like this as we uh, emerge from um, the the very difficult 18 months we've been through
0: a smoother period in the next few months so on that note on that happy note and with a full tank for both of us we'll say goodbye for now